This is Resonance 104.4 FM. Flipping marvellous. How are you doing, me loves? Hey, how are you? Good. I'm glad about that. Tis I, Nicholas of Hennigan. Nick Hennigan, coming at you. <laughs> no, excuse me, the little bird. To apologise. I'm in a pub. Yes, I'm coming at you in glorious stereo and, of course, DAP Digital in various parts of the world on Resonance 104.4 FM and, of course, now on Bohemian Britain. Dot com. Oh yeah, matron. Bohemianbritain.com. Um, and I'm in Wales, yes, I mentioned now. I'm in uh, Welsh Wales, which is a glorious part of the world, in a little place called Clanon. Now, I've been coming here so many times, I can actually go now, as opposed to Lanon, like it used to be when I was first here. And uh, it's a kind of a, a groovy little sort of sleepy village that if you drive through, it takes about four minutes I think but um, it's quite special because it's got a couple of decent pubs which is always a good thing isn't it the central hotel which is on the main road that's suffered quite a lot during the uh, various uh, lockdowns um, but he's on the Dylan Thomas trail and of course it's international Dylan Thomas day in May and we'll be doing more about Dylan Thomas later on um, there's another lovely little pub as well uh, run by a bloke called Dylan you can't write this stuff, can you? It's called the White Swan Inn. And uh, the White Swan Inn's, um, again, lovely little pub. Uh, kind of a village pub. In fact, I was talking to Dylan. I might have try and have a chat with him later. Will I? Oh, he's working. Uh, about how actually it used to be um, a pub and a stables. And they kind of put the two together, as often happens with these old buildings. Uh, dates back a long way. Oh, yes, it does. Having said all that... <laughs> We're not talking about Wales today. We're going to be talking, of course, about the Bard, the Swan of Avon. 24th of April is widely believed to be his birthday and also his death day, although no one really knows for sure. There's a lot we don't know about William Shakespeare. But I thought for the next half hour, I'd throw some stuff at you. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, some famous speeches by some famous actors that have been given over the years from Shakespeare's uh, various works. And I also thought I'd throw in some music as well, some contemporary music as well. Not least of which by my old cohort, uh, my old amigo, my old master at arms, my old mucker, Robbie Williams. Rob Williams, the writer, the composer. No, not that Robbie Williams. My Robbie Williams. It's actually Rob Williams. Uh, I actually know how... Have you got a minute? I actually know, apart from Robbie Williams, who everyone knows, I know two people from Birmingham called Rob Williams who are both into music. Yeah. Rob Williams guitars. He used to live in Hall Green in Birmingham. You know, actually lives in Wales and makes uh, incredible guitars. Uh, and then Rob Williams, my mate Rob Williams, who also lived in Birmingham, now lives in Cornwall. Um, and doesn't make guitars but makes some brilliant music um, and all of the Shakespeare adaptations I've done over the years and by the way someone reminded me my first adaptation was 30 years ago thank you 30 years ago oh that's a car gone by there's not many cars around here <laughs> I mean there are but it's fairly quiet as you can hear I'm outside at the moment um, so uh, yes it's 30 years so we've worked on various things um, Rob's a great composer as a result I would like to think of doing uh, work with us. He ended up writing uh, music for television ads and did quite well at that for a while. But now I think, as I say, he tends to just look at the ocean in Cornwall. Um, although the other big news I've got to share, I suppose, I may have mentioned it before, is that um, the Edinburgh Festival is back on again this year and I'm going again. This time I'm only taking up one play. Well, for the last three festivals I've taken up two plays with the same actors performing in rep. 
every other night. So they do the last time we did a Birmingham footballing version of Romeo and Juliet and then a play about four kids grown up in Birmingham called Pals, um, which I wrote and directed, both of them. And they do Pals one night and then they do Romeo and Juliet the next night and you know, so on. This time I've decided not to beat myself up so much. Give myself an easier time. So we're just taking up one play at the moment and I can tell you, I can announce especially exclusively to you. The play is going to be called Winston and David. Uh, it's about Winston Churchill and David Lloyd George and their relationship and how their relationship arguably led us into the First World War. That's a very dramatic headline, isn't it? Um, we're still working on the script, uh, but it's been written, most interestingly, by Robert Lloyd George. Yes, there's in something in the name. <laughs> who uh, actually, who uh, I met at Edinburgh through Edinburgh, uh, and uh, he's written this a uh, book about his uh, great great grandfather, I think it is, and Winston Churchill. And we're going to turn it into a play, and hopefully, it's going to go well. We're at the Underbelly as well, which is the first time I've been with them for ever. Actually, uh, the years I've been going to the Edinburgh Festival, apart from 1992, where we went to a place called Marco's, which I don't think is there as a venue anymore. Um, I mentioned before that was when I did my uh, Henry V line of England, uh, my first adaptation, a one-man adaptation of uh, Shakespeare's classic. And we did it for one night at the Midlands Arts Centre in Birmingham. It got picked up, taken to the Edinburgh Festival, to Marco's, where it did rather well, fortunately. I'm glad to say, yes. Ended up going round the world. Yes, cobbler. And ruined my life forever. Got me stuck into the theatre, didn't it? It also gave me the idea for setting up Maverick Theatre Company when I saw how democratic Edinburgh was. Every space becomes a performance area. It's the biggest open festival, arts festival in the world. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how it goes this year. Uh, it's in August, it's all of August. Uh, if you're around, you must come and see us. We're on at 25 past one at uh, Underbelly. Uh, I think we're in the, what are we in the dairy room, I think, in Bristow Square. So right slap bang in the middle of the, uh, of the Edinburgh Festival. Uh, drop us an email, as always, if you'd uh, like to know any more. Or of course, if you've got any writerly events, or if you're a writer yourself who's written a book and fancy having a chat on Literary London, the address, as always, probably the easiest address is radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk um, I am actually on Twitter at Nick Hennigan and also I think at Lit London Radio at Lit London Radio. I should check that out really, shouldn't I? Yeah, I said it ages ago, so I've got, what, three or four followers now. But anyway, do get in touch if uh, you'd like to get any more information or if you've got any news pertaining to literature, to writing or writers. But for now, we will celebrate the birthday, or otherwise, and death day of the greatest ever English writer. For the next, oh, 25 minutes or so, a montage from the bard himself, Ladies and gentlemen, I give you William Shakespeare.
He jests at scars that never felt a wound. But soft, what light through yonder window breaks? It is the east, and Juliet is the sun. Arise, fair sun, and kill the envious moon, who is already sick and pale with grief that thou her maid art far more fair than she. Be not her maid, since she is envious. Her vestal livery is but sick and green, and none but fools do wear it, cast it off. It is my lady. Oh, it is my love. Oh, that she knew she were. She speaks, yet she says nothing. What of that? Her eye discourses. I will answer it. I am too bold. Tis not to me she speaks. Two of the fairest stars in all the heavens having some business to entreat her eyes to twinkle in their spheres till they return. What if her eyes were there, they in her head? The brightness of her cheek would shame those stars as daylight doth a lamp. Her eyes in heaven would through the airy regions stream so bright that birds would sing and think it were not night. See how she leans her cheek upon her hand. Oh, that I were a glove upon that hand, that I might touch that cheek. I mean... She speaks. Oh, speak again, bright angel, for thou art as glorious to this night, being o'er my head, as is a winged messenger of heaven unto the white upturned wondering eyes of mortals that fall back to gaze on him as he bestrides the lazy pacing clouds and sails upon the bosom of the air. Oh, Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? Deny thy father and refuse thy name, or if thou wilt not be but sworn my love, and I'll no longer be a Capulet. Shall I hear more, or shall I speak at this? Tis but thy name that is my enemy. Thou art thyself, though not a Montague. What's Montague? It is nor hand, nor foot, nor arm, nor face, nor any other part belonging to a man. Oh, be some other name. What's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. So Romeo would, were he not Romeo called, retain that dear perfection which he owes without that title. Romeo, doff thy name, and for that name which is no part of thee, take all myself. I take thee at thy word. Call me but love, and I'll be new baptized. Henceforth I never will be Romeo. What man art thou that thus be screenst in night so stumbleth on my counsel? By a name I know not how to tell thee who I am. My name, dear saint, is hateful to myself because it is an enemy to thee. Had I it written, I would tear the words. My ears have not yet drunk a hundred words of that tongue's utterance, yet I know the sound. Are you not Romeo and a Montague? Neither, fair saint, if either thee dislike. How camest thou hither? Tell me, and wherefore? The orchard walls are high and hard to climb, and the place death, considering who thou art, if any of my kinsmen find thee here. With love's light wings did I all perch these walls. The stony limits cannot hold love out, and what love can do, that dares love attempt. Therefore thy kinsmen are no let to me. If they do see thee, they will murder thee. Alack, there lies more peril in thine eye than twenty of their swords. Look thou but sweet, and I am proof against their enmity. I would not for the world they saw thee here. I have night's cloak to hide me from their eyes. And but thou love me, let them find me here. My life were better ended by their hate than death prorogued wanting of thy love. By whose direction foundst thou out this place? By love's that first did prompt me to inquire. 
He lent me counsel, and I lent him eyes. I am no pilot, yet wert thou as far as that vast shore washed by the farthest sea, I would adventure for such merchandise. Thou knowest the mask of night is on my face. Else would a maiden blush bepaint my cheek for that which thou hast heard me speak tonight. Fain would I dwell on form. Fain, fain, deny what I have spoke. But farewell, compliment. Dost thou love me? I know thou wilt say I, and I will take thy word. Yet if thou swearest, thou may prove false. At lovers' perjuries, they say, Jove laughs. O gentle Romeo, if thou dost love, pronounce it faithfully. Or if thou think'st I am too quickly won, I'll frown and be perverse and say thee nay, so thou wilt woo. But else, not for the world. In truth, fair Montague, I am too fond. And therefore thou mayst think my haviour light. But trust me, gentlemen, I'll prove more true than those that have more cunning to be strange. I should have been more strange, I must confess. But that thou overheardst ere I was where my true love passion. Therefore pardon me, and not impute this yielding to light love, which the dark night hath so discovered. Lady... By yonder blessed moon, I swear that tips with silver all these fruit tree tops. Oh, swear not by the moon. The inconstant moon that monthly changes in her circled orb, lest that thy love prove likewise variable. What shall I swear by? Do not swear at all. Or if thou wilt, swear by thy gracious self, which is the god of my idolatry, and I'll believe thee. If my heart's dear love... Well, do not swear. Although I joy in thee. I have no joy of this contract tonight. It is too rash, too unadvised, too sudden, too like the lightning which doth cease to be ere one can say it lightens. Sweet good night. This bud of love by summer's ripening breath may prove a beauteous flower when next we meet. Good night. Good night. As sweet repose and rest come to thy heart as that within my breast. Oh, wilt thou leave me so unsatisfied? What satisfaction canst thou have tonight? The exchange of thy love's faithful vow with mine. I gave thee mine before thou didst request it, and yet I would it were to give again. Wouldst thou withdraw it? For what purpose, love? But to be frank and give it thee again. And yet I wish but for the thing I have. My bounty is as boundless as the sea, my love as deep. The more I give to thee, the more I have, for both are infinite. Madam. I hear some noise within. Dear love, adieu. Madam. Anon, goodness. Sweet Montague, be true. Stay but a little, I will come again. Oh, blessed, blessed night. I am afeard, being in night, all this is but a dream. Too flattering sweet to be substantial. Three words, dear Romeo, and good night indeed. If that thy bent of love be honorable, thy purpose, marriage, send me word tomorrow by one that I'll procure to come to thee, where and what time thou wilt perform the right, and all my fortunes at thy foot I'll lay and follow thee, my lord, throughout the world. 
Madam. I come anon. But if thou meanst not well, I do beseech thee. Madam. By and by I come to cease thy suit and leave me to my grief. Tomorrow will I send. So thrive, my soul. A thousand times, good night. A thousand times the worse to want thy light. Love goes toward love as schoolboys from their books, but love from love toward school with heavy looks. Hist, Romeo, hist. Oh, for a falconer's voice to lure this tassel gentle back again. Bondage is hoarse and may not speak aloud. Else would I tear the cave where Echo lies and make her airy tongue more hoarse than mine with repetition of my Romeo's name. Romeo! It is my soul that calls upon my name. How silver sweet sound lovers' tongues by night, like softest music to attending ears. Romeo! My dear. At what o'clock tomorrow shall I send? At the hour of nine. I will not fail. Tis twenty years till then. I have forgot why I did call thee back. Let me stand here till thou remember it. I shall forget to have thee still stand there, remembering how I love thy company. And I'll still stay to have thee still forget, forgetting any other home but this. Tis almost morning. I would have thee gone. Oh. And yet, no further than a wanton's bird that lets it hop a little from her hand like a poor prisoner in his twisted jives and with a silk thread plucks it back again, so loving, jealous of his liberty. I would I were thy bird. Sweet, so would I. Yet I should kill thee with much cherishing. Good night. Good night. Parting is such sweet sorrow that I shall say good night till it be morrow. Sleep, dwell upon thine eyes, peace in thy breast. Would I were sleep and peace, so sweet to rest. Hence will I to my ghostly father's cell, his help to crave, and my dear hap to tell. Once more, unto the beach, dear friends, once more, or close the wall up with our English dead. In peace, there's nothing so becomes a man as modest stillness and humility. But when the blast of war blows in our ears, then imitate the action of the tiger. Stiffen the sinews, summon up the blood, disguise fair nature with hard-favored rage. Then lend the eye a terrible aspect. Let it pry through the portage of the head like the brass cannon. Let the brow overwhelm it as fearfully as doth a gallet rock or a hang and jutty his confounded base swelled with the wild and wasteful ocean. Now set the teeth and stretch the nostril wide. Hold hard the breath and bend up every spirit to his full height. On, on, you noblest English, whose blood is fed from fathers of war proof. Fathers that, like so many Alexanders, have in these parts from morn till even fought and sheathed their swords for lack of argument. Dishonor not your mothers. Now attest that those whom you called fathers did beget you. Be copy now to men of grosser blood and teach them how to war. 
And you, good yeomen, whose limbs were made in England, show us here the metal of your pasture. Let us swear that you are worth your breeding, which I doubt not, for there is none of you so mean and base that hath not noble luster in your eyes. I see you stand like greyhounds in the slip, straining upon the start. The game's afoot. Follow your spirit. And upon this charge, cry God for Harry, England and St. George! with Linstock now the devilish cannon touches and down goes all before them.
a montage of the bard on resonance 104.4 fm that was a kind of a mishmash of various things to do with william shakespeare whose birthday stroke death day we are of course celebrating uh, in uh, in april as i said earlier uh, not much is actually known about him but what is known is all rather good um I might be doing something at Birmingham Repertory Theatre, Shakespearean, uh, next year, and possibly even something again at Stratford-upon-Avon the year after. But hey, let's not get ahead of ourselves. I've already mentioned we're going to go to Edinburgh, the Edinburgh Festival, in August. If you're up there, just let me know, won't you? Uh, do get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. Um, we can perhaps, if you've got a show up there, we'll come and have a chat, maybe do a review for bohemianbritain.com, eh? Hell yeah. Or just have a cheeky beer or two. But uh, for now, thank you very much for your time. I hope you have a great week. And um, yes, parting is such sweet sorrow. I'm Nick Hennigan. This is on bohemianbritain.com. Literary London on Resonance 104.4 FM.